1: Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. Three, two,
0: one. Luke Anderson, astronaut, a man barely interesting. I just
1: picture
2: you sitting on the rail at a strip club. Eating a Lunchable.
0: Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology.
1: I-, I love you, but you're saying that this little old man, this dude was a clean 6'6". We
0: have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland. On Saturdays, about sports. The Sinner and the Saint will be that show. Better than they were before. Sportsier. Funnier. More Labradoodles. More Labradoodles. <laughs> The St. Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan, the radio.com app, and 1080TheFan.com. Hey, hey, hey! Happy Saturday morning! Welcome to
2: 2021! It's here! If we made it! we it's it's
1: finally it it. And you know what?
2: No, I don't. Will Darkins, what's happening, my man? Everything's better. Everything, Everything is not better. Everything is not better, and how dare you? We are in a new year. We are in a new mode of thinking. I grant you that, but, man, college football is still the same. Dude, how could you not think things are better? <laughs> still, after- getting blowout. still getting blowout in the college football semifinals. How can we not have one decent game? Let me tell you something.
1: That Ohio State game, that was salty. It was salty. It was salty and awesome because of the fact that Dabo Swinney, Dabo effing Swinney, yeah. had put Ohio state, I think 11th in yeah. his final college football playoff. Bowl. And he
2: said after the game, he still, uh, still would do it again. He's like, oh yeah,
1: no, I put him in the right spot. Yeah. He's, he's salty as hell dude. And yeah. then they go out there and blow the effing doors off him. Yes, they did. And Trent didn't look close. Trevor
2: Lawrence did not throw a ball off of his front foot the entire second, uh, the last three quarters of that game.
1: Yeah. Everybody was kind of crapping on him afterwards. Saying, like, oh, should. He, he can't play in the dome. He sucks in the dome. Cause you know, they oh, lost LSU yeah. last year, but like, I, I don't know, you're saying this, he threw off his back foot a lot and everything. I mean, take it this way. The guy threw, I think for 400 yards sure. and he had one pick. He played okay. He played okay, but he didn't look like the guy that had
2: command of the game that we're used to seeing. But the, the LSU game you just brought up was kind of the same way. He was turfing a lot of balls in that game. The big moment that he shined as a freshman, he did not shine as a sophomore or as a junior. But, uh, you know, he'll still probably be the number one overall pick. And it's not going to affect his draft status. You know who probably improved their draft status and has another chance to do it against Alabama. Justin Fields looked awesome. Yeah, he looked good. Oh, really? He looked good. He takes he takes a helmet to the ribs and then just goes out and throws six touchdowns. I know that he threw one before that, but at least one. But, yeah, dude, he looked
1: really good. A little bit more uh, impressed by the offensive line.
2: Yeah, the offensive line gave him time.
1: Because he, he had quite a lot of time. The rib injury you were mentioning from... Uh, from football resident douchebag Stalski. Yeah. Um, That happened when he was on a scramble kind of play breakdown kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. he escaped
2: the pocket, and he was running for a first down and took a spear to the ribs. Some people uh, coming out and going, oh, they need to change this rule. It wasn't helmet to helmet. No, he led with the crown of his helmet. He put his head down, put it into the man's ribs. That looked quite painful. I didn't think he was coming back from that and then he goes out and just uh, torches the Clemson defense. They took the top off that defense, so it may have been the secondary of Clemson not being able to match the speed, but but Justin Fields did put the ball where it needed to be.
1: Well, you know something we mentioned? Uh, it was either on this show or one of the many uh, incredibly stellar shows that we hosted this past week sure. um, for Dusty and Cam, which I think now you got... The papers from the Texas affiliate in ESPN that they want us for their morning show. Yeah. Now. Yep, that's pretty obvious. And you're looking over, you're making yep. sure that we're getting all the money that we need.
2: Trying to decide whether or not we want to move to Texas.
1: Yeah, it's Dallas. Well now they're the home of the Rose Bowl, so and it's they've seven got seven zeros on that contract.
2: It's it's a lot of money. A lot of money. How weird was it watching the Rose Bowl in Arlington, Texas?
1: Not Really? Yeah, a, lot of people, feel, a lot of people making a big deal about it. Didn't feel like the Rose Bowl anyway. No, it definitely was not. Whatever it's not a Big Ten Pac-12 team, I'm always just kind of like, eh. Yeah. yeah, it's not really the Rose Bowl like anyways. The, the Georgia-Oklahoma one, sure. I was like, yeah, this is being played in the Rose Bowl. And that was obviously a very great game, but like, yeah. it didn't feel like it. I don't know. It's something about the Rose Bowl. I got to have just the consistency of Give what him a I Pac-12! know. the Pac-12! Yes. Yeah. Give me the – just even one of the teams for the conference. Even the TCU-Wisconsin game, I think, from 13 or 14. Big even that one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the I Big I was kind of like, okay, yeah. this is fine. I like it. This is good. Sure. Sure. It was uh, – the whole game
2: had a really weird fe- feeling to it. The the Just the environment the there. The Ohio State one? The, the Rose oh, Bowl, the, Bowl game. The Bama one, sorry. The Rose Bowl. This was Alabama versus Notre Dame. My wife had to leave the room because she was so uncomfortable with all of the crowd shots. I don't know how you felt about it, but it did not feel like there was any social distancing. Every time you looked up, it was just a bunch of Alabama fans mask off high five and lick at each
1: other's faces. Yeah.
2: There's a lot of people in there. Even my I dad DDR'd
1: that part. <laughs> Watch later.
2: Even my uh even my dad made the comment when I talked to him about the game. It was just it there was they were very proud that they moved it to Texas so they could get all these fans in there and they showed them a lot. And I'll be honest, there was a little bit of me that was like, this feels like a super spreader event. And I was trying to enjoy the football game and uh, the game. I thought Notre Dame played. Okay. Not really? Dude, they were outmatched at every position on there. They looked a lot worse to me in the Clemson game. Cause I didn't think they belong there. And I still don't think that they were ever going to match up with Alabama. I mean, they had the hardest draw in there. But the way that Ohio State embarrassed Clemson made it even worse for Notre Dame that they got whooped up that bad by Clemson. Everything about Notre Dame that I saw looked like a good college football team. My like, God, oh, this is a pretty good college football team. You have a clearly have a college football quarterback. He had forty five tight ends. You had no wide receivers. You had all the the, the
1: gap and everything that you you know. They... I do love the bar you're setting for them to clear here. What? Well, no, he no, clearly co- is a college football quarterback. I could see that from the helmet and the uh, volume at which he throws the ball. Do Do you expect him to play on Sundays? Oh. everybody on
2: Alabama, you see, you expect to play on Sundays from their offensive line to defensive line, to running backs, every single position on the field for Alabama. They look like pros. I thought Mac Jones looked great too, even when there was pressure. Cause Notre Dame decided let's blitz, blitz everybody in the same gap and run him off his spot. They did. And he just flipped it out to one of his check, check down to one of his great wide receivers or his running backs. And they just made him look bad, but they, they, they had opportunities and they just missed him. The, the. Ian Book interception that he had, uh, the first drive, their first possession of the second half, the missed field goal that bounced, I don't Uh, know, a yard into the end zone.
1: Yeah, you're splitting hairs here, my friend. Well, no,
2: I'm just saying that they had opportunities to keep that game close and they couldn't do it.
1: But I would argue that there was no point at which they were ever going to keep this game close. I knew this game was very, very much over on Notre Dame's first possession. And when they were running the ball, if you want to call it running the ball, uh, they would get maybe one, one and a half, two if they were lucky yards on inside zone plays where I was just kind of like, oh, dude, that Alabama D line was so dominant. And I was like, that right there was Notre Dame's plan. It was their plan from the very beginning that they were going to say, we're going to go in there. We're going to be more physical than this team. We're going to show them what Notre Dame football is, that SEC football is not that great. We're going to run the ball. We're going to use uh, zone reads, get Ian Book on the outside. When that stuff wasn't working in the first one, two possessions, I was like – Ah, boy, but that's the thing. If they could, if they could have avoided
2: some of the stupid things that they did, I didn't think their defense or their offensive line played that bad. They scored on a goal line situation. They, they were able to get first and, or I'm sorry, third and shorts, fourth and shorts. They were when they were going for it the problem T-shirts was and shorts. The problem was Ian book, Ian book killed a drive by throwing the ball out of bounds backwards, which he was lucky. It went out of bounds. Cause yeah, that decided, was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, he threw five yards backwards. Yeah. Was, uh, I, and then you had, you had another one where uh, Williams, the running back is going out and he's like, Oh man, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of crimson tide here. Should I just fall down for like a zero yard loss or run backwards for a seven yard loss? He decided to run backwards. I mean, they, they, they had the one where he caught the ball on the ground. There was a lot of stupid things that Notre Dame did to hurt themselves. But when they stuck to their game plan, even Nick Saban said it at halftime after he got done yelling at everybody for the technical difficulties. Was he was he was, he was was like, yeah, they're doing some things that we didn't expect. They're playing well. I don't think Nick Saban was comfortable with a 27, 21-7 halftime lead, which should have been 21-10. If, if,
1: if he's not comfortable with anything. I get
2: that. But I thought Notre listen, Notre Dame – I expected them to lose by a hundred. The point spread was twenty in that game. They covered the spread.
1: I mean I would say never bet on Alabama blowing a actual team out.
2: They averaged 49 points a game. They scored 31 against Notre Dame. Good on you, Notre Dame. Well, I thought I thought Notre Dame was way better than I expected.
1: Two things that uh I got from this game that are the only thing of use that you can possibly get from this game i i poo poo on your notre dame take and i view them as illegitimate i had a very angry tweet that got a bunch of people pissed off where i basically said notre dame does not belong in this game they should have never belonged in this game this is terrible the only two awesome parts of this naji effing harris leaping yes. over a dude, dude well but that is holy f that is that the, was the best leap i've ever seen it yes because he landed in
2: stride and ran yes. for another 50 yards the only and the guy was standing up <laughs> That's crazy. Here's here's the big complaint I have about that run. You have to finish that to the house. There's a safety coming up to tackle you, dude. You need to mow that guy over, dude. That would have been an all-time, all-time. There's one guy. It's an open field tackle. You let him push him out of bounds, dude, yes, coach. D- yes, am, coach. Am I, am I right though? I finished the play, coach. Dude, I watched the highlight again this morning, <laughs> and I was like, dude, how do you not run that guy over? It, it was what? what did you get to like the ten? Dude, run that guy over. Even if he tackles you, your momentum carries you into the end zone. But the only way to finish that run is by running over a dude. Now, I'll do better next time, coach. It, but exactly what I'm talking about with, with that run. Go look at the still pictures of that if you haven't already seen them. I've seen them. The still shots are how much better Alabama is than Notre Dame. And oh. they and they only won 31-14. I thought
1: you were going to comment on the almost nut execution. <laughs> No, dude. that's what I always worry
2: about how with those got, jumps. But that's the thing is he put the hand down and <sighs> just was like, I'm good, man. Yeah, just, tell you something. What are you, 6'2"? I got gotcha. you. You want to keep that deep voice. You yeah. better make sure you heard a lot that, that. That still shot just shows you, like, if Alabama executed perfectly and Notre Dame had nothing to give, they would have lost by 100 because mm. that's how much better Alabama is than Notre like, hey. Pretty good college football team. Guess what? Our all-pro, future all-pro running back just jumped over your linebacker. Thanks. Thanks for playing. Oh, yeah. You thought you were going to tackle us for a two-yard loss? That's what happens. Second thing. Devontae Smith is
1: awesome. That was it. Uh, Devontae Smith, uh, it looks like we will, thank goodness, have our first wide receiver Heisman winner in, what, 20 some odd years he he better win it yeah i would be very disappointed i think he probably will win it after trevor lawrence's uh performance again well trevor lawrence was underwhelming um and then kyle (sighs) trask is a joke uh, and you know the Bama, yeah. the Bama QB, he's good. Obviously he got the ball to him. But dude, some of the plays Devonta Smith made the the friggin' swing pass where yes, it looked like he yep. was gonna get eight yards and he just housed it. That, the I first like, touchdown? Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, the first touchdown was it just he glides, dude. Yeah. He looks like um it reminds me of Deshaun Jackson.
1: I was just thinking that.
2: Yeah, he just he, when he gets the ball, it's just good luck catching that dude. He's he's so smooth that there was a pass. It was inconspicuous uh, later in the game. We just went up and high pointed a ball that uh, I can't remember if I think Mac Jones got his arm hit or something as he released it. So it floated a little bit. And Devontae Smith just goes up and just floats in the air.
1: Yeah. Middle of the field. Middle
2: of the field. No big deal. Just high points it and just. Nobody else had a shot at the ball. He's mm. so good. Yeah, that guy is outstanding to watch. the The Heisman ceremony should probably be uh, Devonte Smith, Mac Jones, and Najee Harris just hanging out. To be quite honest, I mean, those guys are studs. That would be
1: sad. I, yeah. I, that would be a sad point in NFL. And <laughs> you know who? Um, you know who mentioned that or was kind of going along that line was Dirt. Um, Dirt was uh, rage tweeting in a different fashion on Twitter <laughs> during that game. He basically was like. This is the problem with college football. It's not the playoff committee. It's not this or that. It's Alabama. And I was like, oh, whatever, dude, you're being salty. But then after a while, he was kind of saying, like, this is the issue that we have right now is that we hold Alabama in such high regard and we build them up so much that they continue to get these incredible athletes that it's pretty much unfair at this point. Where would you go? Dude, if Alabama called you and said, hey, you want to come here and win a bunch of national championships or – well, it on my priorities. Sure. See, that's the other thing about it, too. I think that there's this whole idea among recruits, and obviously I'm no longer an 18-year-old boy. I was an 18-year-old boy. I was once, too. I was a pretty I was damn not good 18-year-old boy. Let me uh, tell you that. Like, among 18-year-old boys...
2: 37th best linebacker in the country, if I'm not mistaken. You power
1: rank that? <laughs> I was in the top five. Yeah, sure. Five. Cool. So, um... Oh, damn it. Now I got lost with, uh, <laughs> you were an 18 year old boy. That's right. 18 year old boy. Yeah. And if Alabama I'm picking a college that I want to go to, I'm, I'm thinking about playing time more than anything sure. else. I know a lot of these guys are thinking more about, uh, what's my best chance to get into the NFL. That was my thought process when I was going through my recruiting, my recruiting. I thought I just want to get on the field as fast as I possibly can. Sure. That's why I thought Oregon state was the best option. It was only the the second option too, yeah. but, yeah. um, <laughs> Uh, But, you know, I think about Alabama and we've heard so many of those transfer stories. You know, the most local one is uh, Gardner Minshew. Yep. You know, went there, realized he wasn't going to play or what? He got hurt or something.
2: No. Do you even know the Gardner Minshew story? No, I don't really care about drunk mountain people. (laughs) East Carolina uh, grad transfer. Yeah. Had an offer to go to Alabama. Knew he wouldn't play, but they had a GA position waiting for him. Graduate assistant uh, coaching position after he played as a, didn't play as a fifth year senior. Instead, Mike Leach called him up and said, how would you like to lead the country in passing?
1: How would you like to come up to this mountain town and get drunk 40
2: hours? Uh, Mike Leach also taking pictures with fans after the game. Uh, Let's get our first impressions of the national championship game. We'll do that next. We'll talk some Blazers. We'll get you ready for the ducks in the fiesta bowl. It is a jam packed sports Saturday tailgate show. It's called the center and the saints. This station is 1080 The Fan. It is the Sinner and Say Tailgate Show. You're waking up early. You're like, it's only 720. What's going on? It's Ducks game day. That's what's going on. We start early if we have to start early. Dirt and Anthony Newman are in here next. They're taking over our normal time slot. Those utteral grunts that you're hearing, that's Will Darkin's getting excited about a college football championship game next Monday right here on the More about Ohio State or Clemson in that second game yesterday. Clemson not keeping up with Ohio State or is it more about Ohio State might have uh might have a puncher's
1: chance in a game against the Crimson Tide. Uh I think puncher's chance mostly because of what I had mentioned in the first segment which is offensive line. Yeah. Dude, that offensive and defensive line for Ohio State played like came to play. You know, we mentioned it right uh before the uh, Northwestern game, the Big 10 championship, Ohio State everybody said uh, uh underperformed and we said Northwestern looked pissed off yes,
2: they did. the first half especially yeah they were angry academics
1: yes angry they had snapped their pencils and yeah. thrown their laptops and burnt their degrees in it, protest it, they were so mad it was like
2: they got a b plus
1: Oh, I um but that's all how ohio state looked playing clemson i thought I thought they looked friggin' angry. I thought that offensive line looked frigging angry, opening up holes for sermon. And you want to talk about that somebody played so angry. Destroyed. That guy runs wild. Yes, like he, he is a friggin' beast. There's dudes who, when they run, you kind of think, Oh, there's an elegance to it. There's a way that they can be able to cut. And then there's dudes who are just complete brute force. That's sermon. Nah, see, I would disagree with you. There is cause he's fast. Oh yeah. He's quick.
2: And then he has that element, too, where you, you, you can't ta- tackle him above the waist. I mean, there's a couple times where he's wrapped up by a whole handful of Clemson Tigers, mm. but they're grabbing him around the shoulders, and he just kind of shrugs them off. I mean, the, the thing that I noticed about Ohio State that I didn't notice watching him against Northwestern, which I will admit, I watched part of the Indiana game and then most of the Northwestern game, but I didn't watch a ton of Ohio State this year. They looked fast compared to Clemson. Their wide receivers looked really fast. Justin Fields can move very quickly out of the pocket. Trey Sermon looks
1: fast. Yeah, he uh, in these last couple of games really upped his draft stock. Yeah, there's no question about that.
2: Um, pro- better to take a running back out of Ohio State or a quarterback out of
1: Ohio State if you had to take one. Oh, gosh. No? going to go on this history. Hey, you want to you hear some really horrible history? Yes, please. We can uh, go back just a smidgen here. I will go back to the Notre Dame game real quick. Go for it. Here is Notre Dame's record. Oh, is it, get the point differential if you've got it. Oh, it's up. Yeah. Here is Notre Dame's record since 2000 in New Year's 6 and BCS Bowls. Yeah, this is a good one. In 2000, they lost to Oregon State, go beeves 41 <laughs> to 9. You know, In 2005, they lost to Ohio State, 34 to 20. In 2006, they lost to LSU, 41 to 14. In 2012, they lost famously to Alabama, 42 to 14. That was also the year Monte yep. Teo had a fake girlfriend. Yep. 2015 Ohio State they lost 44 to 28 and 2018 Clemson 30 to 3
2: what what they do yesterday uh 31 score,
1: 14 yes yeah was 31 yes. 14 no no yeah wait no? yes 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 it was yes I know sports so anyway we want to talk <laughs> about history and I know you were about to go there you were about to say oh Ohio State quarterbacks they never work out in the league No, I'm just saying, small uh, aside, can we quit inviting Notre Dame to these games? Seriously? Well, here's the the worst part about
2: this. They had just gotten housed by Clemson. Yes. They got run out of bad. first time playing in a conference championship game, because here's the other part of it, is they don't have a conference normally. They played in their first conference championship game ever and got whooped. Yeah. That should have been a sign to not have them there. And Oklahoma made a case that they probably should have been there when they whooped up on uh, Florida. I'm just saying that they made a case. Sure. You
1: can make a case, but Oklahoma's the same case, which is that they seem to lose college football playoff games. Yeah, but you you just brought up how good they were against Georgia. Well, they were great against Georgia, but but they didn't win. For some reason, they can't seem to beat top four teams. And Georgia, obviously, at that time, was a top four team. They were number two at that point, I think.
2: Sure. Uh, Texas A&M would have been the other team that would have, they're the number five team in the country. They have a chance to play number 13 North Carolina today. I believe
1: that's the last game of the day. I could be wrong about that. I just, I wish they would have put, Cincinnati in there? No, Just put Cin- out, dude. Come on, you have a playoff, and the playoff is supposed to be meant. No, it's not. To, no. Yes, it is. It no, is supposed, who to said supposed to give everybody a fair shake. Who shade. said that? It's never been said that. So why
2: did we do this? We we did not do this. College football did it. Going, you know what? I'd like to see the top four teams play. ESPN went. Oh yeah, we can get another game with Notre Dame
1: and Alabama on the calendar. Let's do it. So you don't think they're like, okay, we got to give everybody a fair no! chance. Here.
2: What? What? Looking at the first seven college football playoffs, and now we're into the eighth season of this, makes you think that they care about getting the best everybody a shot. Remember what they did in the first year? Yeah, they gave Oregon a shot. <laughs> yes, they did. Oregon earned their shot, but they, they had DCU and Baylor right there the whole time. TCU and Baylor. Then they went. nobody wants to watch TCU and Baylor. They junked them both out of there. They don't care about that. So they made sure Ohio State got in. They made sure Alabama got in. And then they had Florida
1: State who hadn't lost a game in forever. And they're like, ah, Oregon will get some eyeballs. So what's stopping them then from just admitting it was a mistake and going to the BCS again? Because they don't think it's a mistake. Those games
2: were all lopsided yesterday. How many people watch those games?
1: Those two games? Yeah. I don't know. Well, TV ratings are now. But no, I know. I don't know. I would say that probably more people watched it this year because of the pandemic. Sure. I think there's kind of a football starving thing yeah. going on. But this is my whole point about these playoff games is that they can draw in an S-ton of ratings, but they nullify almost every single other bowl. Yeah. They do. Nobody watches these bowl games anymore. And I would like to believe that in the BCS era, people generally watched more of the bowl games because there was more of a sense of narrative to each team rather than, you didn't make the playoff, F you, who cares? Mm -hmm. Like, the Rose Bowl meant more when it was either the national title or it was the Rose Bowl and you had uh, a conference champion from each of the two Power 5 schools, right? Big 10, Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever. I felt like there was more meaning in everything else. Now it's just, if you didn't make the playoff, whatever, dude, see you later. Like nobody cared about that Cincinnati, Georgia game. And it was a really good game. Sure. No one's talking about it. <laughs> well, no, everybody's no. talking
2: about these two blowout losses. What everybody's <laughs> talking about is I ah, look Cincinnati lost. They didn't deserve to yeah. be in there. Oh, oh, I knew well, it. Coastal... Even though they outplayed Georgia the entire first half. Co- no, uh, Northwestern outplayed Ohio state in the first half. The first half does not win you a football game. Coastal Carolina lost. Cincinnati lost. The playoff football committee looks at it, and goes, "Told you." See, I told you, we got it right. Watch North Carolina beat Texas A&M today, and then they go, "See, told you." God, I love money. They, yes, they do. <laughs> what, what, what about ESPN and the NCAA? Has ever led you to believe that they care about anything more than money?
1: Um. Probably the, the 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 V Awards, the Jimmy V Awards. That's probably it. The V Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. that's sure. probably it. Yeah. I can't think of anything else that doesn't revolve around money. <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> it's true. Like. And even that, I, I'm sure there's somehow money involved. Yeah, Well, and not it, even for a charity. I what it does <laughs> is it keeps
2: you going, <laughs> ESPN's not all bad. It's a nice organization. Yeah, ESPN's not all Firing bad. Firing all those people every financial they do. quarter. They, every, every financial quarter, they yeah. just, Tom Rinaldi uh, wrote a nice letter saying, thanks ESPN, I'll see you at
1: Fox. Oh, they got uh, Rinaldi, huh? Yeah. I, and, that's one of the guys who I thought's job would be safe. Well, he, he, I think he's getting offered more money to go to Fox. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, Ronaldo's really good at those um, those, uh, those news hit pieces. Yeah. Like, whenever he does it either for tennis or football or something, like, he always is really good at doing yeah. the news piece with video over it.
2: So, you're giving Ohio State a puncher's chance in the game. This will be the last of the college football playoff. We'll talk for this show. So, I want to make sure we get all your th- what? hot okay. Th- well cuz we're moving on to other stuff we got
1: other things to talk about what and you else get so is angry. Fiesta Bowl? I uh you know Blazers yeah. I get angry but <laughs> I got I got my heart ulcer medication in here. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just chugging it with black coffee. Yeah. Well we got to get to the uh
2: Hawks game last night. Atlanta Hawks. We're and the NFL it's week 17 tomorrow. You're the whole don't show? Don't. We've got, we've got another show before the college football championship game. Mm. Okay? I don't okay. think the Browns are going to play. I, it feels very much like yeah. that. We will talk about that in hour two. Uh, next, let's we'll talk some Blazers. they got to win over the Warriors. Uh, first, here is your uh, Sports Center update. Welcome back in. We've got a college championship game set. Ohio State against Alabama will be played next Monday. Talk about that. All week, I'm confident here on the fan, and then I know that you and I will have a big to-do about it going into week one of the nfl playoffs and the college football championship next week oh man that's a fun weekend of football
1: do you get a lot out of that uh bald large man on espn right above you on the tv the bear oh no doesn't do anything for me it doesn't me either i i I need him to look more vegas scummy Mm mm-hmm like he, looks he needs too, a fedora. Yeah, he needs a fedora
2: and, and like a an oversized coat that like mm-hmm. could fit two of him in it, but he just giant shoulders on it. Like a uh, pastel z- color. No pinstripes or oh. plaid. I, I think the stripes, uh, vertical stripes, because it, he thinks it looks slimming, even though it's a size, you know, fifty-seven
1: jacket. Looks good on him. Yeah, yeah, it certainly would. Yeah, I don't really get a lot out of that, and no. I'm kind of. Well, you're not a gambler. You don't care. About I know the I'm lines. not a gambler, but uh, gambler's I usually interpret to be dudes who are like high intensity. Like the bear to me seems like he's going to drive my kids to their soccer practice. Yeah, but like, he's there's a, no intensity yeah, there. Yeah,
2: but he's a numbers guy. He's the analytics guy. That, that's what uh, that's what the modern age of sports gambler wants is show me tell me the numbers, and he'll get you. You know the my the mortgage insight. is depending on it. The last 17 times that they played on Wednesdays uh, where it's been raining, uh, they are, you know, 14-3. and So you got to like that. Yeah, stupid crap like that. Uh, Blazers last night at Warriors. This is a uh, fun scheduling quirk that we're going to see this year, which is these two teams play again tomorrow. They do. Uh, But you had a nice win for the Blazers jumping out of the gates. And I'll tell you what I liked early in this game. Okay. You may have noticed this when they got uh, housed. You get it? Will picking his nose. I don't know if you can hear that through the microphone.
1: What do you mean housed?
2: Uh, housed by the Clippers the other night. The the Blazers did. Well, what was the joke? You said I was supposed to get something. No, the booger that you're picking. You're picking your nose. I wanted people to know that you're picking your nose while I was talking. I always pick my nose yeah. during this show. I just this is it. actually
1: the first time in four years you've you've said you're really you've digging. You've pointed it out. Yeah, you're really I, digging. I there. actually do, and this is real. Yeah. I I pick my nose generally through the show. Yeah,
2: but that was that was one of the deeper picks. You were nearly to your wrist.
1: It was too much for Anyways, you. Yes, I've stayed quiet long enough. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> uh, so the <laughs> Blazers got housed the other night by the Clippers, and what I noticed in that game is that the Clippers either made a three or had a layup the entire game. It felt like yes. it was either we're going to shoot it from back here and get more points, or we're going to take advantage of your defense being sucked out. And then we're just going to go right to the rim. Mm. The way the Blazers started the game yesterday, before they had their little stretch of uh, of CJ and Mello taking turns, shooting uh, medium range jump shots. <laughs> once the Blazers came out, hit a lot of threes quick and then they backed it up with Dame going to the bucket for a layup. I thought what I noticed in that game was that Carmelo Anthony and CJ, the way they like to play their little ISO ball, doesn't bug you as much when you have a 10-point lead, when you have a 20-point lead. When you have an early lead, it makes such a difference. But it was something that you talked about on Thursday when you and I were talking, which was Dame was aggressive early. That was nice.
1: Uh, Yeah, that was nice, and it's something that, you know, it looks like it's going to be needed yet again. Like, he tries yeah, but, this every single yeah, But he year. didn't have
2: to carry the team the whole way, because everybody was making shots. When I talk about him being aggressive, when he got the ball, he just went, all right, there's an opening in the defense. I'm going to take advantage yeah. of it. It was nice.
1: Uh, Yeah, it was nice. Uh, This was also the night Carmelo Anthony passed Tim Duncan 14th all-time <laughs> scoring, which I, I wasn't crazy. <sighs> I know, but, you know, honestly, dude, this is the kind of stuff right here that, keeps stoking the flame that is Carmelo Ball which is like oh my gosh he just look at how many points he scores and i'm like yeah but watch what happens when he plays you were ah, just mentioning it i did i mentioned it's it on purpose brand to get your goat. Of iso ball that yep. him and CJ McCollum play that you want to talk about having two of the same player on a team that could be bad we always talk about Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum two scoring guards how can you do it how can you friggin' do it when you have two <laughs> iso guys yep i i'm sorry but the whole idea now that Carmelo Anthony was going to be a great bench player coming up, it's starting to look a lot worse. I set you up for this because what happened
2: late in the game when Dame and Melo were on the floor at the same time? They pulled away. Yeah, but the difference is I think that you have Carmelo Anthony and the reason that he wanted to come back to Portland is he likes playing with Dame and you can see the respect that he has because when they're on the floor together, there is no ISO ball. He's catching shoot. Catch-and-shoot Carmelo is the one that we saw in the bubble. We like that guy, but he's just sitting there taking wing threes, moving over to the corner, maybe one dribble if somebody's running at him, but that was the Melo that we like. We saw both of them that game, and they won pretty handily against a team that you saw sparks. Oubre started finally doing something, because Kelly Oubre, in the first few games, if you haven't been following the Warriors at all, (laughs) was absent. They paid him a fair amount of money to come out and hey come come out and help us get a championship. Andrew Wiggins had a couple sh- circus shots in there
1: that were great. Steph was Steph, that was the one guy I did want to highlight was Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins looks better yeah which is good and which is kind of like a duh because he finally has competent coaching yeah he spent the better part of his career in minnesota where people go to die like once <laughs> uh, dude i'm convinced once yep. carl anthony towns gets out of there he's gonna blow up he's gonna be so good oh yeah happened to kevin garnett <laughs> uh, and it happened honestly to anthony davis <laughs> yeah everybody touted anthony davis all the time even but, when he was in new orleans but, but at yeah. the same time when you watched anthony davis there were parts of him where you were like I okay, thought you were you're... saying
2: Anthony Davis was in Minnesota. I was like, wait, oh, what? no, no, no.
1: But like, like he was a stat pattern in New Orleans. There sure. was nothing significant he really did. And him to me was a lot like what Andrew Luck was in Indianapolis, which is you can keep telling me over and over and over and over and over again that he's really good. And I just don't see it. I don't see it at all because he's on a, a team and with an organization that devalues him and they play like complete crap. So now he finally gets on a good team with good coaching and good teammates. And you're like, wow, that's the full (laughs) extent of what he can do. That's kind of what you're seeing with Andrew Wiggins, his ability to be so athletic and play well off of pick and roll. It's pretty cool to see.
2: Can we talk about two players in particular and in an aspect of their game that I think matters to you, maybe above all else? Is it going to be that guy from Washington state that I love? Obviously. Okay. LB got in late in the game. Thank Uh, gosh. Didn't didn't do anything. But how good okay. did his hair look?
1: Okay, but what, was, how, his pl- what how, was his plus minus? How
2: good did his hair look? Did you check his plus how minus? How good? How good did his hair look?
1: Look great. Okay, how bad was Steph's hair? Yeah. Okay. I'm. There's this whole trend going on the cornrows. No, he's doing like the the unkempt. Like, well, like I, I can't get I, a haircut because of COVID or something. Right. I'm going back though to the cornrows because he had it earlier this season. Yeah. He he had it. Paul George had it. Carmelo brought him back. Carmelo brought it back. I think uh, Dame K- had Kawhi- it for a little bit.
2: Kawhi's cornrows. Uh, yeah, there's something Why going on there. Why are they doing this? Not sure.
1: I'm not you know, mad. Wesley- I'm not mad at the cornrows. Wesley Matthews, too, in the, um, uh, what game was it? In the Laker game. Yeah. His hair looked like complete crap. Just let it go. He looked like he just got out of the basement. Anthony Simons shooting threes with his little uh, little
2: hairdo. he's doing some stuff huh
1: I will say uh, Anthony Simons I do enjoy that he doesn't have a rat tail anymore <laughs> that thing was a he's grown bad, up like uh, somebody had to get a hold of him like halfway through the season and be like, look, dude, you got to shave that. Like yeah. nobody respects you in the locker room.
2: Uh, Blazers got a nice win. We talked about this also on Thursday uh, because it happened with the Bucks. They set a NBA record for the most three-pointers <laughs> against Miami, then played them in a back-to-back and lost in the second game. So, or played them two games in a row. So now you have an opportunity to do that with the Warriors. The Warrior team is obviously not the Warriors team that was going to championships, but they are much better version than they were last year. So we'll see what happens tomorrow with the Blazers. The second hour is all football. The second hour of this show is all football. All the time? No, just the second hour. Because it was oh, all football all the time because we just, we just did well, basketball. All of the time in the and second hour the is next to football, right? Yes. Well, no, some, it'll we'll have to do commercials. There's stuff we have to do, buddy.
1: Could we just you do know what we have to do? The 15 minutes of commercials now, and then Ooh. just go straight.
2: Why don't we do this? Why don't we put in sponsors into uh, Good vs Evil? We'll just just mention mention a product as we go, and then I think that'll cover everything. Okay, I think we can do that. Okay, okay. all right. Good vs Evil next. Sinner and Saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too
0: busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened today? What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the
2: midst of gnarly times.
0: Well, no worries, bro. <laughs> Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil, brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan.
1: I saw what you just said about Todd McShay. I love Todd McShay. I think he does a great job evaluating quarterbacks, but hold on, Todd. Okay, we got to look at some of these stats now. Uh, Justin Fields, uh, this kid's only lost one game as a starter. I need a notepad to go back and look at all these kids' stats because he's so damn good. It's a notepad. It's a notepad. Oh, my gosh. Look at all these numbers on this notepad. I couldn't what possibly brand, read them What the brand notepad is that? Where probably, can we buy one? Probably a mead.
2: Yeah, get your mead notepads trying to eliminate commercials next hour oh thank you yeah
1: that was mystery party time butt fumble mark sanchez byu junior quarterback zach wilson announced new year's day he's entering the 2021 nfl draft wilson exploded as a junior despite losing all of his top receivers from the year before 73.4 percent completion rate 11 yards per attempt 33 passing touchdowns that's all top three nationally by the way It's looking more and more like the Jets will get the second pick in this year's draft, missing out on, presumptively, Trevor Lawrence. If you're New York, do you take a flyer on Wilson or go Penny Sewell slash Devonta Smith route? Interesting. Um, The Jets,
2: I, I don't know if they're going to have their coaching staff. And my guess is when you get rid of their coaching staff, that means they want a new quarterback. You've seen that happen with Arizona, and they shipped Josh Rosen out almost immediately. Turns out he's not really an NFL quarterback, actually. Uh, But the first thing they did was take a quarterback. If you have a new coaching staff, I think they're going quarterback. And if it's not Zach Wilson, maybe they go Justin Fields because they fall in love with him, depending on what he does in the college football playoff. But I think they do go quarterback. Um, But it'll be interesting to see if Zach Wilson is the second quarterback off the board.
1: Well, if we go by your logic, they have to pick him because BYU quarterbacks do well in the NFL. It's not my logic. It's just history, buddy. It's just history. What are you trying to say? Are you trying to say we should learn lessons from history? No. I'm saying that
2: the past is the past and uh, the future is the future, but it is worth noting.
1: What? I say this a lot, but I try not to think about the huge picture and the huge aspect of it because it can get overwhelming. Um, It's my job to go in there and be focused for those guys and make sure that I'm helping them uh, do the things that will help us win. That's badass real life trailblazer, Becky Hammond. The assistant coach took over the San Antonio Spurs in the second quarter after head coach Greg Popovich was ejected in a 21-21 to 107 loss to the Lakers Wednesday night. Hammond was the first full-time female assistant coach in league history and became the first female head coach for just a short time in league history, technically. Technically. Well, I mean, I have to say that. It's because it's true. Do you see this becoming permanent when Pop decides to hang them up?
2: Yeah, I do. I would not be surprised if she took it over, and I think Greg Popovich uh, sees the impact of this uh, every day because there's, uh, I'm sure, a ton of questions around it, and he's probably grooming Becky Hammond to be in that position, hence her taking over when he got ejected. So as the Spurs get worse as the season goes on, watch for crusty old Greg Popovich get tossed out of more games, and then she can technically be the second and technically be the third. I just think it's, uh, it's funny how we go through this and go, oh, she's the first one to do this, and the questions end up being about the moment instead of about Becky Hammond. I'd like to see somebody actually go in and talk to the players about what she means to the team instead of, what do you think this moment meant for the history of
1: the NBA? Well, it is a big moment, I, mean, I, I guess. But it's—it's it's not like yeah, you, it is. Okay, and you're devaluing it, I- jerk. I can't believe you would hate women.
2: <laughs> I think it's more important that she's in that position to, as the <laughs> s- assistant head coach. Or the, the second in command is more valuable than the technicality of she will. She technically re- led the game. No, she put herself in position to that. She's earned that position. That's the more important part of the story than the fact that it actually happened. Like, oh, today's the day. Write it down on the calendar. No, she's a badass and she's working really hard at her job. She's earned the trust of the coaching staff. She's earned the trust of the players and the admit. And the organization that she could be in a position for that that's what we should be talking about not that it finally happened because i do think that she'll take over
1: whenever. well and let's be honest for a second like nobody will talk about this anymore if they just start winning a lot yeah like if she wins games this will become just like oh yeah well and she's the head coach yeah but if she starts losing then the narrative turns into oh well women aren't ready to head if coach justin yet. fields gets drafted ahead of
2: uh, Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson is awesome in the NFL everybody will bring up the BYU Ohio State thing if it works out for both then nobody will bring it up
0: goes to the near side and it is picked off Norwood pick six
1: Trey Norwood
0: takes it back
1: ESPN broadcast, there. That's sound from ESPN of Florida QB, Kyle Trask, throwing his first of three interceptions during Oklahoma's 55 to 20 drubbing of the Gators this past week in bowl action. Trask is one of four finalists for the Heisman Trophy that will be presented tomorrow night. Three other finalists, Trevor Lawrence, Devonta Smith, and Mac Jones, each had spectacular performances during college football playoffs. Lawrence, spectacular in his own right.
2: Yeah, that'd be kind of a career achievement because he missed a few games with COVID this year.
1: Should the Heisman only be presented after all bowl games? All bowl games, meaning national title, everything. Because I have a gripe about this from years past. Yeah, gripe gripe away. Um, It's kind of like the MVP
2: award. Is it a regular season award? If so, then, yeah, this is all fine.
1: Okay. Uh, But it's never been defined. I truly believe that in 2006... Vince young got robbed.
2: Yeah. Because he didn't, didn't shine until the final moment.
1: Well, didn't shine. He well, shined all year. It's just the shown, other guy. Yeah. So the yep. other guy seemed to, to he me, didn't outshine. How about that? To me, I felt like they were one a and one B okay. for a while. And then if you would have watched that national title game and watched Reggie Bush choke, cause he did choke. Sure. He threw a friggin' lateral pass for no reason whatsoever. And Vince young took the team on his back with two ten left and scored, leaving something like 19 seconds left. Like, I believe Vince Young would have won the Heisman. The
2: only reason Ohio State beat Clemson yesterday is because Dabo said that they were the number 11 team in the country. The only reason Vince Young dominated that game against USC is because Reggie Bush won the Heisman. It's a motivation? Yeah. Oh, you got it. You got it. It's a motivation. He wouldn't have won. He would have played a worse game.
1: Would would he rather have
2: that win or the trophy?
1: I'd, I'd rather have the Heisman on you?
2: <laughs> you don't need the national championship. You don't need the game MVP. You don't yeah, need the... I'm not going to lie. Like, the Heisman,
1: you get invited back every year. Yeah, yeah that's true. And that's more of a history maker. I know funny? people always say that. Like, I know Vince Young has said that, too. Like, oh, I got the national title. Yeah, dude, but you're not, like, memorialized in history.
2: Yeah, but guess what?
1: Reggie Bush doesn't get invited back either. I, <laughs> I believe that will change at some point. Yeah, but it will be 70 and nobody will care. Really? You don't even think after like they start paying players yeah. as much as they, they'll look back and be like, okay, we messed up. Yeah. Here's no. your Heisman. Nope.
2: All the all the people that remember watching him play will be dead by the time he's invited back.
1: All right. Here's your headline, meteorologist. Here's the straight poop on icicles. Stop eating them. Does that give you any indication of what I'm about to talk about? Yeah.
2: Somebody got uh some sort of uh, parasite
1: from an icicle. You're close. So Katie Nicolayo, let's go with that. Sure. uh, Works at KMEG in Sioux City, Iowa, and she's imploring people on camera consistently during this winter season, please do not break icicles and eat them because there is bird poop in them. Oh, yeah, there is. This is something I did not know at all. You didn't know this? No, I where didn't know where do icicles form bird poop in icicles. Where
2: do icicles form? The sky. What? What? <laughs> the sky? Oh, that would be terrifying. If they formed in the sky and just fell down as spears from heaven, that would be terrifying. They form on the edge of roofs, overhangs. Where do birds poop? The sky. Oh, you're an idiot. <laughs>
1: You never really found that out about something before like that this always reminded me of like the situations where you've been doing stuff for years and then you realize but it's they're something so else. beautiful yeah yeah like um i don't know like gummy bears like you uh you eat gummy bears a lot as a kid but then you realize like the gelatin is made from pig fat and then it totally changes Horse it for hopes. you I mean, no pig dude, fat. it is pig fat <laughs> horse hooves. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't want to know that either. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean though, right. There's those pom- moments in life where either as a kid or when you were younger, you enjoyed something, but then you like look back and you realize like, Oh my gosh, that is terrible. Yeah. Like four loco. was that for me in college? I had a great time drinking four loco. And then I realized <laughs> they were putting gasoline in it. And I was like, wow, that's bad. <laughs> I guess yeah. I shouldn't do that anymore. Gelatin
2: is a yellowish, odorless, and nearly tasteless substance that is made by prolonged boiling of skin, cartilage, and bone from animals. It is made primarily from stuff meat industry has as leftovers. We're talking about pork skins, horns, and cattle bones.
1: So for all you out there that are vegetarians eating gummy bears. Or marshmallows. I bet you didn't know that, you stupid bitches. (laughs) Really? Wow. (laughs) Wow. That was harsh. <laughs> Unbelievable. I can't. I can't control it. I got so much college football energy what. going up in me right now. Holy cow! I, I'm off pure adrenaline. Somebody, somebody, uh, somebody, get in here and uh, get a hose for this guy. He's on fire. Look, man. All I got to tell you is this: if you're gonna put your money on anything this weekend. <laughs> It's a a friggin' lock. The Browns are going to win. All
2: right. There's Will's favorite story. That's your good versus evil. It's brought to you by one of our favorites, 808 Hawaiian Restaurant. Their food is fantastic. They're open for delivery or to go. You can order right on their website. It's ate-oh-ate.com. Maybe I'll get some 808 on the way. Oh, dang it. We're early. What do you mean? They're not open for breakfast. I'm done at 9 o'clock, not 11. Why don't they do that? What's that? Is there like a Hawaiian breakfast? I'll call them. Yeah, you get uh, loco moco. What is that? Loco moco is a pile of rice, a uh, hamburger patty, Mm. uh, brown gravy, and uh, eggs. I like them over easy. That
1: just sounds like any other Hawaiian lunch. Well, yeah, I mean, you can have for lunch too, (laughs) but that's your loco moco. They don't have anything else like... um, Uh, Portuguese sausage is dynamite Somehow kind of appeals to my Americanized Sense of taste Portuguese sausage, spam and eggs
2: would be A good Hawaiian breakfast Um... Trying to think if there's anything else. But, yeah, those are the ones that jump to mind immediately. What about island pancakes? Is that a Ooh. thing, or did I just make that uh, up? Macadamia nut pancakes. Uh, mac- banana pancakes. Uh, there's a really good spot. Kahana Sands. When I lived out there, we used to always go to Kahana Sands in Maui. It's just uh, just north of Kanapali. Mm. Uh, go and get the crepes. They had uh, Hawaiian breakfast crepes that were dynamite. Up in Napili, there's a place that had, like, the world's largest uh, macadamia nut pancakes. Um Kahlua pig uh, yeah. Kahlua pig, um, mm-hmm. on anything in breakfast is good, but I'm thinking of uh, mm. uh, Benedict. Kahlua pig Benedict. Re- very, very good. Jeez. You replace the uh, the slice of uh, Canadian bacon or ham that you normally get in your eggs, Benedict, with Kahlua pig. That's awesome, too. You now a wine breakfast.
1: You should work as a consultant for 808. Uh, I'll give them a call right now. Why don't you just do
2: that? I'll just send a text message right now, and they'll see if I can have uh, kalua pig Benedict ready for me. I don't want it to go though.
1: At one of the locations, they can just set up a little desk for you. Yeah, like a concierge. Sure. And when people are like, "What the hell should I order?" You can be like, "Well, then you take out some pamphlets." Yeah,
2: and then okay. I can uh, I can I can go back to my uh, concierge Hawaiian concierge roots. Tell them where to go when they go to Maui.
1: Did you um did you ever get tired of your job and when you were saying hello to people at the front desk, we were like, oh, aloha? No. <laughs> no? No. You never did the half-assed aloha? No, <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't
2: at the front desk. Here's the thing is I worked for the Westin Kaanapali Ocean Resort Villas. Yeah. I had a big luxurious desk next to the library because it was a timeshare resort. So you walk in. Everything was a little bit more uh, relaxed. Oh. oh yeah, but I had a big old built in desk. All the library books behind it, just hang out. People come out there like, oh, it's going to do uh, one of the trades for the books because you just take one and leave one. Rotating library books. People come over and hang out. I'm like, oh, have you considered going on uh, Air Maui? Air Maui's got a really nice helicopter tour. You can go do the uh, waterfall tour. You can uh, do, do the you, full island tour. Uh, consider I'm buying down.
1: any weed from me?
2: <laughs> oh, no. Because I have a lot behind this desk. Oh, I mean, if you're, if you're interested. <laughs> Uh, no, that was actually the one by the pool where they sold the weed. That's all right. Uh, all right. That is our one. Uh, we have the NFL week 17 playoff scenarios abound. We've got the ducks playing against Iowa state in Arizona. Yes. The fiesta bowl still played in Arizona, even though the Rose bowl has moved to Texas uh, and we've got plenty more college football. It is a tailgate. Hour of football college and pro next center and saint on 1080 the fan and radio.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.